For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works in social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Drea Okeke, and we're going to talk about how to get better engagement with your TikTok videos. And no matter what, even if you're brand new to TikTok, you're going to absolutely love what we talk about today. By the way, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to follow this show so you don't miss any of our future content. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Drea Okeke. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Drea Okeke. If you don't know who Drea is, she's a short form content strategy and she's the founder of Drea Knows Best and she's host of the Do It For The Content podcast. Her course is Level Up TikTok. Drea, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, Mike. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome and I'm really excited to talk to you today about how to get more engagement on your TikTok videos. But before we go there, I want to hear your story. How in the world did you get into TikTok? I heard a little bit of it. It's an absolutely fascinating story. So start wherever you want to start. Of course, of course. First of all, thank you for having me here. I am honored to be here and be talking with your audience. Super excited. My backstory about me, how I got started on like TikTok and social media in general. So I started off posting videos on Vine, which was a six second video app. And of course, short form content. And I started doing that while I was in college studying engineering. So my whole switch was from like the engineering life. Vine was hot, right? I mean, aren't you so sad that they shut down Vine? I mean, like that was the coolest thing. Honestly, I'm so sad. But you know, sometimes sacrifices has to be made for something bigger to come, you know? So there you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So you were you were an engineer in college, you were saying, and you were messing around on Vine. Yeah. So I was messing around on Vine just like as a stress reliever. And I continued doing that. Even when like all my peers were like moving to LA to pursue social media full time. I was like, okay, you know, I have strict Nigerian parents. There's no way they're going to let me quit my engineering job and move like straight to LA. So I was strategic with it. I got an engineering job in Cali. And as I was doing that engineering full-time job, I was also creating content. And then after my two-year time was up because they gave me like a relocation to move from New York to LA. And I didn't have to return back the money if I stayed working there for two years. So I stayed working there for two years. And I decided to go to grad school at USC. University of Southern California for entrepreneurship. And it was during that time that I was, I realized that, okay, as a content creator, you are your brand, you are your business. You have to take this, like treat it like it's a company. And that's what I just started to do for Dre and Knows Best. 
And as I was doing that, I started accumulating, you know, um, more brands like Netflix, Amazon, Kate Spade, the list goes on, started reaching out to me to create content for their brands. Were you still on Vine at this point or were you creating another TikTok. platform? Okay. So you had moved, you had moved it to, so tell us a little bit about how that transition to TikTok happened as well. Yeah. So when Vine got discontinued, I was like, where can I go to continue, you know, create? Cause a lot of my content has to do with either me first doing my character, my Nigerian mom character, doing comedy skits that are relatable to like people of immigrant parents or videos, you know, amplifying my Nigerian culture. So that's where most of my content fit. But the thing is that when Vine got discontinued, I was like, okay, where can I go that I can create short form videos? Because again, you know, I like the short, sweet, get to the punchline quickly. And then I realized TikTok, okay. TikTok at that point was only 15 seconds. And I was like, beautiful. Some people were like, that's challenging for me. I'm like, that is a sweet spot for me. So I was one of the original people who were creating original comedy skits. And there weren't that many female comedians on there. So my page was growing. Um, when was that, by the way? What year was that, approximately? This was around 2018. Okay. 2018, yeah. So this is when I first started grad school, so 2018, 2019. That's when my TikTok, I was like, I remember I posted one comedy skit, and it got like, immediately, like, almost half a million views. And then, oh, one of the things that I posted was at the Accent Challenge. Accent Challenge was one of the videos that blew me up because it was me doing my Nigerian accents, you know, saying things in Nigerian words, Nigerian ways. And then I had a friend maybe from Australia or, you know, wherever country she is, say things in her accent. And then we'll compare how different countries pronounce things differently. And TikTok is such a global platform, right? That my video went viral in not only in like Nigeria, went viral in Australia, went viral in places in Asia, went viral in places in UK and all over the world. And I was like, okay, you are a global icon now, Andrea. It's time to take this seriously because these metrics are insane, you know? So that's how I started. That's how I, and I, I, I always tell people like, the two things that I was bullied for growing up was my height. I'm extremely tall. I'm over six feet tall female, taller than all the guys that I had crushes on growing up. And I had an accent growing up too, but I was bullied for my accent. I was bullied for my height. But those two things are what's making me thrive on social media, on TikTok especially, because I'm literally just embracing what society would say imperfections and making it my perfection, you know? And that's where I really found my authentic space on TikTok to win there. Very cool. I love that story. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing now, because obviously you've started a podcast and you've got a course. So kind of bring us up a little bit to the present and how that all came about, because obviously you're creating funny, relatable content on TikTok that a lot of people from various different cultures can relate to. Somehow that must have connected with your master's degree, right? And your entrepreneurial itch. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yes. Again, like I told you, this is a business. The same way how Vine went away, TikTok or any of these platforms that we are on social media can go away. So as an entrepreneur, you have to diversify your income. And for me, I'm a big advocate for creators. I believe that if I can do it, a little a girl with immigrant parents, an outcast can do it, can have so much success online. I believe, honestly, anyone can do it as long as they're following the right strategies and being authentic self online. So I decided, like, all my friends are always coming to me. Everyone online is always asking me, how do you grow on TikTok? How do you grow on TikTok? So I decided it is time for me to launch a TikTok course, giving everyone A to Z on how I did it and how they can do it from the tips and strict best practices, how to discover trends how to create an engaging video. I put that all in the course and decided to like, let that be up there and be selling for itself, but also help people. Cause that's the biggest thing. Like 
I feel like there's space for everyone online. Social media is huge. So we shouldn't be gatekeeping this knowledge. Not only did I do the level up with TikTok course, I also had to do it for the content podcast where I give people tips and strategies that I honestly wish I knew when I first started because the social media game is insane. But if you have enough guidance, you can definitely win on it. So, I mean, the course has been amazing. I, someone reached out to me and was telling me that they gained 8,000 TikTok followers in a day after using my tips and strategies that I gave. And I'm like, yes, that is what I love to hear. I love to see people win, you know? Very cool. Okay, so there are a lot of people listening and watching right now that are part of the social media examiner community that are very much focused on Instagram and have been watching what's been going on with TikTok, but might be a little skeptical um, or maybe they're over on YouTube and they're super active on YouTube, but they're not so sure about, <coughs> excuse me, TikTok. So what do you want to say to marketers or creators who have not yet embraced TikTok? What are they missing? I know you're active on a lot of different platforms, so you can understand where they're coming from, right? I think they're missing out on a chance to really start again and start fresh without pressure because TikTok is a platform where people are, again, winning by being themselves. You find what topic you're passionate about and talk about it and share it. And I don't know if you remember during the time of the YouTube stage when people were just getting on YouTube and gaining millions of followers, getting fame, growing their business. This is the wave that's happening right now on TikTok as a creator. It's like, if you're not on TikTok, you might miss out on this bad wagon to one, grow a huge new community that does cares about you because of who you are to be able to take off that pressure of being so perfect, you know, because I really truly believe that, you know, imperfection is perfection, especially on TikTok. They don't want that perfect way. So as a creator, you get to try out new categories that you wouldn't usually create post videos about. And as a brand, as a business, as a marketer, there's so, I was at Sephora the other day and I was hearing this girl saying, I saw this on TikTok, so I'm, I'm buying it right now. And even I saw this girl on a comedian that I actually watched in LA. One of her videos went viral. She posted a 20 second clip of her stand up comedy special, 20 seconds, and it went viral. It had like, I think, almost a million views. And she sold out on her two locations that she's having a stand up comedy at. So there's potential because of people are going to TikTok as a hub to like search up things, search up recipes, search up health facts, search up fashion tips that as a brand, you can utilize the SEO on it and post your content on there. And then people can find out about your business without even like pushing so hard and trying so hard like other platforms, you know? So I think that's definitely a big avenue. Excellent. What do we need to know before we start making videos on TikTok? Because clearly you've been doing short form video for a long time. You started with Vine and you went over to TikTok and it sounds like you've done hundreds, maybe even thousands of videos. So you understand things that, plus your course, of course, you understand some of the things that maybe not everybody else understands about what makes maybe TikTok tick, if you will. So, <laughs> I like that. So, so what do we need to know? You know, what do we need to know before we start even making videos? I think the biggest thing you need to know is know who you're talking to. If you can even know your niche, right? And I talk about this in my course. I do an exercise to help you really figure out your niche because. You can say your niche is fitness, but that's not really a niche because that's just like an overall category. But if you're doing your, your niche is fitness for, for new moms, that's like very specific. And you know, every time when people come into your page, they're coming for those tips for fitness that I'm a mom, I need fitness tips. Drea is going to give that, right? So that's the first thing. Know who your audience is. And when you discover what you want your niche to be, go on TikTok and really just watch a bunch of videos. 
I'm all about study the greats and become greater. Like don't overdo it. Watch a bunch of videos. Look at these people within your niche, right? Type in, for example, let's use that same example, fitness for new moms, right? You look at all the videos that people are posting. You see one influencer, she posts five steps for workouts. You see another influencer posting a vlog for new mom workouts. Look at the strategy, the formats people are posting, the hooks they're using, the, the way they edit their videos, the way they talk to the audience, and then take from it, take what you want, leave the nonsense that you don't want, and then you're ready to like adapt that into your video. Let's talk about mindset a little bit, because I know you care a lot about this. What do we need to do in our thinking before we even start creating content? Man, I think the biggest thing is stop overthinking. Less overthinking, more posting. Right. Because I think the mindset we have is we really want to like craft our videos to be so perfect. We wanted to make sure like, you know, we said the right thing. If our hair is not on spot, we want to you know go reshoot our makeup, redo this. And it's like, no, the mindset is like you have a passion. You're passionate about this topic you want to talk about online. And, you know, like if you are passionate about it, more than likely someone else out there, thousands of people are going to be passionate about it. So you just have to have that confidence. I think that's just number one thing that starts off with posting. Try to have a confidence in yourself. You know, there's this quote that is like, it's always someone else that's doing something that you want to do that's less qualified than you are. Oh, I like that. Right, right. It's not my quote, but you know, hey, you can say it's my quote. It's no problem. But yeah, but like, <laughs> it's always someone less qualified than you that you like, dang, I could do this. That's the mindset you got to have. You got to go in like, listen, this is my time. I'm going to post it. I'm not going to overthink it. Get out my drafts. Don't leave it in your drafts posted. And that's like the first step to it. Are there certain kind of defeatist mindsets that can get in the way? I mean, like, I'm sure you've had people that take your course and people that interact with you. Like, how do we even know if our thinking is off? Like, what are some of the signals that might prevent us from making these videos in the first place? I feel like imposter syndrome is number one, you know, feeling like you're not qualified when you actually are. That's number one thing. I mean, I go through it too. Sometimes I even doubt myself. I'm like, wait, <laughs> am I actually qualified enough to be like posting this type of content? But it's like, no, you are. And even if you're not, who knows? Who's going to check you? Who cares? So that's definitely like feeling like an outsider when you are meant to do this. You know, if you, if, especially if you've been trying your hardest and going at it to, to be a creator, I feel like, especially now with such, I'm an advocate of this, like, authenticity, just like winning by being yourself is so not, I don't want to say so in, but it really is the time right now to just be like, F it. Let me put it out there. Because if you don't put it out there, then you're just going to be sitting down in your house thinking, what happened if I would have posted that video? My life would be different now. Or like my business will be different now. So the imposter syndrome is real and we have to get out of it. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you brought this up because imposter syndrome is something that everybody deals with. I have done thousands of interviews. And I still sometimes ask myself, why would anybody listen to me? Even though it's ridiculous, you know what I mean? Like I've got so many people that love this show and so many messages I get from people. And I still think to myself, I'm not qualified. I don't understand enough about this, which is completely ridiculous, right? This is human nature. I have found that if you're feeling that, that is like a green light. That's like a signal. Cause that means you're human, right? It means you should proceed, right? Because you said it. Someone who's less qualified is going to do it. Exactly. Why don't you at least give it a try? I would imagine some of the other thoughts going through people's heads are people are going to judge me. Talk a little bit about that. The judging thing. <laughs> I would say, yes, yes. People are going to judge you, but people are going to judge you regardless. Even if you don't do anything, if you do something, they're going to judge you. They're going to feel like, and it's not going to be a judging way. Sometimes it's even envious, right? 
It's like those same people that's going to judge you when you're initially posting that video and it's only getting one view or one like, which is probably just your mom and your uncle liking it. Those are the same people that are going to come after you when you're finally like a big star or your business is booming. They're the same people that's going to come to you and ask you for advice. You know how many people that I started this while I was in college and so many people were laughing at me. Initially in 2018, when TikTok was taken off, I was giving presentations in my grad school, like, listen, this is why y'all need to be on TikTok. This is the next wave, this and that. A lot of people were just like, all right, Drea, shut up, whatever. Now those are the same people in my DMs asking me questions. These are the same people buying my course. These are the same people giving me testimonials of how my course has helped them grow. So we're, we're judgmental by nature as humans, right? But the truth is that those same people that are judging you is going to be the same people that's going to come back around and ask you for advice. And also comparison too. That's another limiting factor too that people go through. The spirit of comparison, I know I go through that too sometimes. And I have to go through different strategies on social media. Like I've turned off my lights. I can't see how many likes people, people get because I start, I used to go into that habit of like, this person is the same niche as I am and they're getting more likes than me. And we have the same amount of followers. What's happening is my follower count. Like if they're not loyal anymore, what's going on? I have to turn off lights. So finding ways to make your mental health be, be sane throughout the whole social media journey is so important, you know? You mentioned winning through authenticity and being authentic and stuff a couple times. So does that mean that the content that performs best is actually the, the raw, stumbly, not perfect kind of content? And you don't need to really try to be like someone you see on TV who seems to be perfect. I mean, is that really what I'm hearing you say? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I'll give you an example. Recently, I posted this video of me. A lot of my videos have to do with like some of them are planned out sketch comedy, you know, I rent these sets and everything like that. But then sometimes they don't perform well, right? I rent these sets that I like have the airplane sets, hospital room, jail room, going above and beyond my content. I do this, some of those. But it's funny because when I would do the most basic video. Wait, you can rent sets that are like airplanes and hospital. Is that because you're in LA or something? That's because I'm in LA. That's because of LA. And, and the Lord has been blessing. So the finances are able to support these expenses to up my content. That's cool though. That's cool. But keep going. So where were you going with that? Sometimes those videos, when I posted, I'm in an airplane, um, you know, as a flight attendant character, that performs okay. But yesterday I posted, or two days ago, I posted a video of me asking people, what sponge do y'all use? Because it's just African sponge that I've used growing up that I thought everyone in their household used it. But when I got to college, no one was using it. And it has over 50,000 views right now. And all the comments are so engaging. My community, on top of other people, like my culture, we use this. And this and this and that, and this and this and that. And that's just because I was asking them a question. People want to feel included. So it can be as easy as you posting a video, recording it as a, like, like a FaceTime call. People want to feel like they're your friends on TikTok. They want to feel like they're part of your life and bring them in. So if I'm asking a question that has to be involved with their life, they can find relatability there. Because it's like, I really do think that you can win. I mean, of course, overly produced content still has a spot to win because I do a balance of overly produced and relatable stuff. But those talking to camera stuff is more relatable. People can relate to it. Well, and I like this because so many people don't have the gift, if you will, to be able to know how to do overly produced content, right? This means you can actually get started with imperfection. You can get started just wherever you are with your phone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Literally, literally. Let's talk about sounds and trends because you talked to me a little bit about that. You said, Hey, let's be sure to mention something about sound and trends. What do people need to know about sounds and trends when it comes to preparing to make their videos, maybe on TikTok? I would say sounds. If TikTok was a vehicle, 
the wheels of the video will be sounds because that's what drives your video to people's screens, right? On TikTok, there's something called the For You page, which is equivalent to the Explore page, right? And you want your videos to be on that For You page because that means that people are discovering your videos. People are endlessly just scrolling, vertically scrolling down the, the platform. But if there is like a, a song that's trending and I've watched a video that has that song in it, more than likely TikTok will feed me more videos that has to do with that song because more than likely maybe that song is associated with like a challenge. For example, the Beyonce drop challenge when someone would throw something in the air and drop down low. Give me some. Y'all know what I'm, listeners, you guys know what I'm talking about. They do. I don't. They do for sure. <laughs> yeah. So with that, there's a hashtag associated with it. Hashtag drop challenge. And there's a song. So every time you hear that Beyonce song, you know, people are going to be dropping down low on that video. Okay. So if you utilize it to your business, to your content, let's say your content is about fashion, budget-friendly fashion, you can utilize that song as you're giving like five budget-friendly tips to find luxury fashion. You know, use the song, do the trend, but add the text on the screen, giving them step one, step two, step three, different tips. So again, sound is so important because without the music, more than likely TikTok will know who to feed your video to. Without the hashtags, TikTok will know who your community you're talking to. Without the, you said sounds and- It was just sounds and trends. So every trend has a hashtag associated with it. So without the hashtag that has to do with the, the trend, TikTok will know who is your community, who is your video speaking to. That's why it's so important to use certain sounds in your videos. Even like that Siri voice, like that says, I tried this new banana bread recipe. Like using that Siri voice alone, people will stop scrolling and watch your video because it's familiar. It, it triggers something in our brain. It's like, okay, stop scrolling and watch. Fascinating. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. So, okay, let's talk about not all videos are engaging, obviously, right? So let's break down kind of what you believe, what the Dreo KK method, if you will. What are the elements to a engaging video? Because obviously, if it's more engaging, then the algorithm is going to show it to more people, presumably, right? And it's going to, it's just going to spiral upon itself, right? So what are the elements that we need to understand when it comes to creating really engaging videos? There's two categories of this. The first set you have to know is, I say the three E's. Your video needs to either be giving some type of value, either educational value. You know, are you going to teach me how to bake something, how, what books to read? Some type of educational value. The other E is entertaining. Are you going to entertain me? Are you going to make me laugh? Are you going to just keep me entertained? The third value is emotion. The third E is emotion. Are you going to give me some type of emotional value? Am I going to get nostalgic from watching your video? Am I going to feel like inspired to travel now because I see your video? So there's three E's are so important when you think about your storytelling of your video. But to break down when you start recording that Wait, wait, wait. Video, Real quick, I got to ask on these three E's. Obviously, entertaining and educational. Do you have to have all three of them in one video or do you just have to have one of them? What's your thoughts? Why not? If you put all three in them, you're winning. Because educational and entertaining might not be as easy to accomplish, right? I mean- I would imagine. It, right? it is. It is. I know there's a guy on TikTok. He teaches people like mental health stuff, like proper mental health practices, but in the dialogue, like a conversational dialogue that's actually funny. Like he adds like certain characters in there and does overall message 
about mental health in it. Okay. His name is Joshua. That's not his last name, but yeah. So it's very possible, even if you want to do educational and it's entertaining, the way you edit your video too can add it. You know, you can add certain like GIFs in there, certain pop-ups. You can do quick cuts. You can start from one um, location and transition to another location as you're giving that those tips as educational just to keep me engaged. So there's, there's different tricks, the tips and tricks to like make your video entertaining. On the emotional side, that sounds a little more advanced. It seems... For example, since you're a comedian, I think you understand how to trigger emotions, but I would imagine most people might not understand how to do that. Do you have any tips on that? Ah, that's a great question. Like, I feel like if you want to trigger emotion, I think music too helps. The, the, the music you put behind your video, if you're trying to keep someone happy, I always use like, for me, I use this particular comedy sound. It's on TikTok. There's a whole sound library on there. If you are trying to do more inspirational, you know what type of music to use, a more inspirational soundtrack. If you want something like mystery, that's the type of emotion. And also the way you're going to tell your story. And that's why I was going to go into like the nitty gritty for creating like a good style of video. I mean, for the three E's, I, again, in my course, I dive more in depth in there. So a call to action, I think we could call it like cheese, C-H-I-E-S, a call to action, a hook, that's for the H. I involve your community. E, the way you edit your video. So, and then S, the sound you use. So I can start off with the hook. The hook is so important. What a hook is, is like, how are you going to hook that person that's watching your video in the first second? Let's just say that. Because people are scrolling through countless amount of videos. So the things you say in that first three seconds of your video matter so much. And when I think of hooks, I'll give you an example of hooks like, five red flags you should know about blank. You have been doing blank wrong so long. The bank does not want you to know this about your blank. As humans, we are very selfish as much as we want to deny we're not. We like to think about things that involve us. So if I'm a business and I'm trying to sell, for example, this Apple Watch, I'm not gonna post a video about like, hey guys, I just bought this Apple Watch and I love it because it does this, does that. You should get it because this. I'm going to scroll. But if I'm a business and I want to sell the Apple Watch, I'm going to say, here's why the Apple Watch is going to help you change your life. Here's how the Apple Watch is going to change your lifestyle. Apple Watch is going to change my lifestyle. Let me watch it. That keyword you is so big in your videos and hooking them in. You know, you've been doing this wrong way. Five signs you should blank and start your business, whatever it is. I find this so fascinating because like on the Apple Watch, I would imagine you could also talk about like six things they don't tell you the Apple Watch can do or something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. That's a good hook. Six things they don't tell you the Apple Watch can do. So that keyword you is like, oh me? I want to know this. What what are they not telling me? Let me find out, you know? Yeah. And it's almost like writing a good headline to like a blog post or to an ad or something along those lines. But so you say that right in the beginning. And is there any more to the hook other than some sort of like, it sounds like what I'm hearing is this is what you're going to discover if you keep listening to me is really what you're saying in the hook, right? Exactly. That is it. And then of course, you want them because TikTok is really big on watch time, right? When your video ends up on a for you page, the algorithm is calculating like, okay, now it's going to feed it to people who are in your, your niche, right? And they're going to check how long are they watching the video? Do they scroll? Do they watch it to the end? You want to keep them watching throughout the end. So that's where, of course, you keep your video engaging with the way you edit it. But the most important part too is the call to action. For the hooks, let me go back a little bit. For the hooks, you can either say it 
or put the text on the screen. Oh, do you have a preference? Which one do you think works best? I think both, honestly. <laughs> oh, so you recommend doing, do you normally do both? I usually do one, but if you could do both, do both. So for example, if you're doing a voiceover on your video, if you're not present in the video and you're doing a voiceover, you might want to use the, the text on the screen and have the Siri voice talk it. What is it called? The text-to-speech feature. That's when the Siri voice reads the text on the screen. But I think most people do the, the hook when they just, they just say it because they're looking to, they're facing the camera, they're talking to the camera, and then they're able to say it. But again, it depends on the type of format. If you could do both, do both, as long as it's not overlapping each other. What about the way you say it? I mean, like, like let's make one up on the fly. It's not just, here's six things you need to know. You probably say it in a creative way, I would imagine, even though it's the same words, or you say it in a way that has a little bit of entertainment value to it. So how do you go about it? Yeah. Let's make one up on the fly. Here are three signs you need to drop your, your husband or something like that. That's something like, you got three reasons you need to change your car. Okay. But are you, but do you say it? Like, I would imagine you, you must record a bunch of variations and decide which one you like. Is that generally how you do it? Or do you just go with it and not worry so much about how you deliver it? I don't worry about how I deliver it, but I do know if I'm going to, according to what I've seen on TikTok, I've seen people do more high energy, more like as they're recording because they're facing the camera, they kind of zoom in on their face, you know, because it's very engaging. You know, it's like, whoa, you guys, Apple Watch does not want you to know about this. It's like, oh, okay. Okay. You know? All right. Okay. It's, but I don't want to encourage everyone to start doing this. Or, it's, if it's not normal to you, then, mm -mm, you know. It's, yeah, it could sound fake, right? It's just like podcasters. With podcasters, a lot of new podcasters, they try to talk all very professional, even though it's not the way they normally communicate. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> now that might be a cool TikTok, but you know, honestly, that's so relatable because people that listen to podcasts would know they'd be like, oh my God, that's so true. Like, you know, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but again, if they're scrolling and they see that text on the screen, because sometimes people scroll and they're watching videos without, you know, listening to it, they will see that text and more likely they'll stop scrolling. So text on the screen with your hook can be more helpful. Okay. So let's. Say we got a good hook and the hook is something as simple as just like, like we talked about a, uh, something designed to draw someone in the call to action. Is that at the end of the video? Is it in the middle of the video? When do you talk about the call to action? Call to action is definitely towards the end of the video. Okay. It can be as easy as telling them follow for more content like this, save this for later. Cause you're going to need it. It can be also that again, that text on a screen prompting them and showing them like an arrow, like click that follow button if you want more tips comments and share your thoughts okay you know that's a call to action anything that's going to increase your engagement you want to call them to action because again people we're humans we're scrolling we're not my sister is just like that my sister will watch a ton of videos and not even like that and i'm like girl get it together this helps the algorithm this helps the creators but she's like i don't care i'm just gonna watch it so if you have a call to action they're gonna remember to like you know like comment yeah. What about the ones where it just ends abruptly and it, and it just seems to loop over and over again and people want to watch it a lot without a call to action? Is that a strategy or do you advise against that? Definitely a strategy when it comes to editing. So that was one of my ease when it comes to editing because then they don't know they're watching it again. They're like, oh, I feel like the third time watching, like, oh, I'm watching it again. So that's just a creative way to do it. It's a creative strategy when it comes to your editing. But it's, again, that's a bit more advanced for people who want to start off. If that's not the biggest, I think the best call to action is actually like put in the text on the screen, like save this for later, save this recipe for later. Well, I like that. That means you don't have to say it almost, right? So if you put the words on the screen, because it's fascinating because on other platforms, they kind of punish you 
sometimes if you verbally tell them to do a certain action, you know what I mean? Like for example, on Facebook, if you handwrite something like share this with friends or whatever, the algorithm will actually punish you. And I don't know if it does it inside of videos, but I would imagine the algorithms are so good that they can actually transcribe those videos and figure out what you're saying. What I'm hearing you say is, is intuitively, it makes sense as a, as a marketer that if you don't tell someone to do something, they will do nothing. And if you tell someone to do something, some of them will do it, right? Not all of them will do it, but some of them will do it. And they'll be like, oh yeah, I should follow Drea so that I can get updated or whatever, or see more of her stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like uh, there's always so many different myths about what the algorithm does and what it doesn't do. Cause I've even seen videos that will put their Instagram handle on their TikTok and it still has like a gazillion views, but people say like, don't promote your other platforms. So again, those are all different myths. I, I'm a believer in just trying out different things, try out and see what works because like I would tell people hashtags are so important because again, the hashtag helps the algorithm know who to put your videos out to use like a couple of niche hashtags, use a couple of general hashtags, but there's some people who post and their caption has no hashtags and it still does well. And they don't have that many followers yet. So again, it's just you taking what people say and trying out. And when you see something works, you stick to it. Okay. So we talked about call to action hook. I think you were going to mention something about editing. Editing. Yes. Yeah. So we, we talked a little about editing too, like the looping editing, you know, instead of like, if you're going to talk to the camera for a long time, don't just sit down in one spot and talk to the camera forever. Try, you know, using different locations because that refocuses people's attention to keep it engaging. So you start with, here are five things you need to do to change your life. Next location. Try doing da 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 Next location. You know what I'm saying? So trying different locations. And I would imagine you could be in a location. You could just rotate a little bit and it, it makes sure it looks a little different, right? That's all you got to do, right? Exactly. With the text on the screen and that's text on the screen. I love it because people are reading and they're also listening. So they're going to rewatch the video. They're going to like, because they want to reread what was on the screen, you know? So that's another big one too. Editing. Real quick on the captioning or the text on the screen, do they make it easy? Do they automatically caption or do you have to type it in or how does that work? It automatically captions it for you too. On TikTok it does. And you can edit it. So it tries to listen to your voice and then it just pops it up on the screen and then you can edit it. So generally speaking, do you caption your videos or what are your thoughts? Should we, should we not? And when you say caption, do you mean like, I mean, the you know, as we're talking, I don't know what the difference is. I mean, like, I mean, I kind of know what captioning is where it's exactly what you say. Right. And then there's text on the screen, but should we turn on captions at all? Or should we just put text on the screen at the appropriate moments to get them to do call to action? Do you understand what I'm asking? When we talk about captions, I will rephrase it. And caption is like, cause you can caption your video, like how you caption a Facebook post or caption a Instagram post. And then you can turn on the subtitles, right? And that's still called captions. Well, we'll call it for clarity while we call it subtitles. I think you should always turn it on because again, your platform is global on TikTok is global. So I always, especially when I'm doing like sketch comedy or I'm talking to the camera, I want my video, if it reaches an audience that doesn't speak English, that they can still, you know, read the caption and translate it into their language versus trying to like listen to the audio and like, what is she saying? You know, that kind of Okay. So you're talking about closed captioning, right? Is that a button the user turns on and off? Yes. In some cases, people literally will bake it into the video. You understand where I'm asking where, yeah. where it's just kind of maybe not exactly what they said, but a version of what they said that's there as they're talking. Do you recommend that or do you not necessarily? Yes. You do. Yes. 
Okay. You can't ever definitely, definitely. Just because some people might be in a situation where it's really loud and they're not able to hear what you're saying or something like that, right? Exactly. Yes. That's a big one too. And it, again, those things popping up on the screen, whatever you can make pop on the screen <laughs> refocuses people's attention. It keeps them engaged. Like I would rather watch that and pick up certain keywords from what the text you put on the screen, the caption you put on the screen versus like just having to sit down and listen to you. And don't get me wrong also. And that's the thing about like TikTok. There's so many different communities. There's like, there's people that just do story times and they tell a, a long story time. They talk like for three minutes telling about like their past scenarios of something they did in a day. There are people doing vlog, there's blog talk, there's, there's book talk. And I, I heard like they're running the book community. Like books are getting New York Times bestsellers because of TikTok now. It's really huge. There's, there's music talk, there's mermaid talk, there's Jeep talk. So many different communities, right? Okay, I have to ask, what the heck is mermaid talk? Is that just like someone talking like they're the little mermaid or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> so from what when I landed on mermaid talk, because that showed up on for you page, it was just a girl like showing that there's proof that mermaids do exist. Oh, okay. And I realized that there's a bunch of like different videos about people like speculations and whatnot, like conspiracies. Got it, got yeah, it, got it, got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Okay. So let me ask you this question. So we've talked about hooks and we've talked about editing. We've talked about call to action. And I don't know if we've skipped some of the things you talked about, but I definitely want to make sure we get a chance to involving the community in your content. That was my eye. Oh, perfect. Tell me, what do we need to know about community and involvement? And what are some suggestions that you have if we want to get more engagement from our community? Yeah, I think for involving community is so important because again, like you could have a million followers because you have so many viral videos, but then those people don't know anything about you because you're not engaging with them. You're not, you know, replying back to the comments. You're not liking the comments. One of my favorite ways to involve my community is to reply back to comment with video. So if you have a comment, instead of just like texting back the reply, you can use a video and record a reply. So I used that feature when I traveled to Nigeria last year. And I'm like, listen, y'all, I'm going to be in Nigeria. Let me know what content you want to see. And they're like, can you show me some Nigerian food? I replied back with video with that content. Can you show me some of the dresses? Now, real quick, when you say reply back, are you publishing that publicly or is that privately? Publicly. It's going to be publicly, yeah. So I created a whole video. I got my content idea because someone from my audience wanted me to show them the, the food. I reply back to the comment with a video. And then when people see that, it shows that person's comment on the video. So then your audience are watching. They're like, oh, that person got sh a shout out. I want to get a shout out too. So I'm going to make sure I comment on every post that she posts. So that's how you're engaging them. You're prompting them. Is that a feature built into TikTok or do you have to do something? It's built into it TikTok, is? yeah. Wow, okay, yeah, cool. Built in. And then there's, of course, going live is another good one too. Going live to just like, because that, that way you start to know your audience like more on like first name basis, you know. I think it's so important. Even if you only have five people in that live stream, as long as they're engaging with you, that's all that matters, you know. Community is huge. Like I told you, it's like, and I had one comedian who her video went viral and then, and then now she sold out tickets. Again, it's like people are going to support you just because of they can relate with you. They can they can see they see themselves in you. So, anyhow, you can involve your community in your content, or just you know messaging them, even asking them a question. There's a question sticker on TikTok too that you can ask them questions, and then they can reply back to those questions with a video. There's so many different features within TikTok too. And again, on my course, I dive into that of like different features you can use to really just like grow and engage and involve your community because. I'm nothing without my community. I'm like, I'm curious on the live side of things. Obviously you have to have some of your followers 
or whatever they call them on TikTok online when you go live. Do they have a feature where you can kind of say, I'm going to go live tomorrow at one o'clock to kind of get people to like, say, I want to join. And if so, how, what do you do with all that to kind of give people a heads up that you're going to be going live? Oh yeah. So there's a feature that you can schedule a live in your bio. So you schedule the live and when you're about to post the video, you can link and add that schedule. So it shows them like tap to be notified. When you post that video, it shows them like, oh, Drea's going live at five o'clock. Tap this so that you can get a notification another notification when she goes live. Do you create a little video specifically talking about what you're going to be talking about when you go live or is that not how it works? For me, I don't, but I know there's people that utilize live, <laughs> people that utilize live to even sell things. The people that utilize live to like, because you can duet live, like you can go live with another person. You can co-live, let's call it that. Yeah. I like that. And I think going live is good too because it puts you on a For You page. I remember when I'm scrolling on my For You page, I see some random people that are live. It shows a preview of your live. So if you do something interesting in your life, people will click and join in. That's a nice way to grow followers too. And of course, people can gift you. Your fans can like gift you certain gift points. They can cash out with actual money, like donations. What about managing comments? Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I know you talked about how you can make a comment into a video, which I thought was really cool. I can imagine when you get to be as big as you are that you have more comments than you can possibly manage, right? What do you do? Do you have any tips on how to engage, if you will, in comments? That's this is a good question. I love it. Honestly, on TikTok, the comment section is the sometimes it's funnier than the video itself. It's more entertaining than the video. You get so much knowledge from the comments. So some things I do to play around with the comment section is like if I see a certain comment that's like good, I'll pin it so that way it's pinned. And then people are replying back to that comment and they get like a little their little followers and then I unpin it and pin another comment that's better. That's a nice way to like play around with the comment section. You can even like comments too. You can like the comments. What else can you do in the comment section? Of course, you can also manage and filter out certain comments that you don't want to show. So on TikTok, it lets you filter out certain words. I remember I had a video that went super viral. There were certain keywords that they were saying that I didn't want there on there. So I went on TikTok and I was like, okay, I don't want this word to be showed up in my comments. And then anyone who comments that kind of comment wouldn't show up. That's cool. Can you manage it through the desktop? Or do you have to do it all through your phone? I think it's all through the phone. Maybe I think most things, you know, they want you to use the app. So it's through the phone. Drea, we could go on and on. You are a wealth of knowledge. Where can people find you on TikTok if they want to find you on TikTok? And also if they want to check out your company, your course, is there any place that you want to send them? Oh, yeah. So I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast episode is trying to grow on TikTok. So if you are trying to, grow on TikTok, but you're so confused on how to go about it, how to create an account, how to figure out what's trending, how to know what sounds to use, how to edit your video. I did all this from A to Z on how to grow on TikTok and how to build a brand in a community. You go to levelup.dreanosbest.com, levelup.dreanosbest.com. That takes you straight to my TikTok course. A whole bunch of knowledge waiting for you. And I promise like the results alone makes me so happy. I just love seeing people thrive. So that's where you can find my course. You would try to get educational content. But for me, if you're trying to connect with me and be entertained, <laughs> you can check out Drea Knows Best on TikTok or Drea underscore Knows Best on Instagram. And of course, if you would like more educational content, my podcast, Do It For The Content. That's the number four. Do It For The Content. I post a lot of tips and strategies that I wish someone would have told me when I first started growing on social media, these tips, giving out a bunch of free knowledge for y'all. And I feel like it's really helpful. So, well, in general, 
that's where you find me. Level up that Dranosbest.com or Dranosbest.com for my whole resume. <laughs> Drea, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insights with us. We're way better because of it. <laughs> You're so sweet. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 518. If you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. And if you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram and at Mike underscore Stelzner on Twitter. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.